The market doesn't joke around, so why would you? Get serious. Choose Tasty Trade. Tasty Trade gives you the tools you need to make smarter moves. Dig into data with advanced charting, track profit accurately with order chain trackers, see risk clearly with curve analysis, and trade with low-capped commissions, stocks, options, futures, and more. All on one platform. No wonder serious traders choose Tasty Trade. Join the club, genius. Tasty Trading is a registered broker-dealer and member of FINRA and SIPC. Bring in show music, please. Hi, I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer. Today on Squawk Pod, former Vice President Mike Pence and a deficit that he says is unsustainable. We're looking at a debt crisis in this country over the next 25 years that is driven by entitlements, and nobody in Washington, D.C. wants to talk about it. The programs like Medicare and Social Security that Mike Pence might put on the chopping block and the road ahead to 2024 and beyond. At the end of the day, what we need in this country is leadership. China is common economically and is the greatest strategic challenge the United States of America faces. That extended conversation, plus Amazon's employee backlash and keeping your Twitter account safe just got more complicated. But help is on the way. Unless you'd like to pay $8.99 for your, your blue check mark. And a new fat forward addition to the Starbucks menu. It does add, by the way, but I'm 120 calories no, no, to the coffee. No, no, no. But it's good fat. It's good fat like jumbo shrimp. It's Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Andrew by in three, two, one, cue Andrew. Good morning and welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We're live at the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. Manager Ross Sorkin along with Joe Kernan. Becky is off today, so it's just the boys. Former Vice President Mike Pence is going to be with us right here on set. So much to talk to him about as uh, great the piece. election gets uh, underway, what, two years well, it, in it, advance? It, there's a great piece. And, and, we, and, and I'll try to. I want you, I want you to look at this because we're going we're gonna to talk at length about it. But it's, it's, it's about our overall debt. And yep. it's everybody's fault. It's everybody's fault, but it's how the U.S. can prevent a debt spiral. The, the, it's in the journal, but the numbers are, are staggering because we're at 120 percent of, of uh, debt to GDP right now. Right. Only the second time it's been like that. And just based on how interest expenses are going to grow, it's going to end up being half of our GDP, what, we, what, what we're spending That's on interest. That's the we're going. And even Larry Summers says that it will cut probably GDP growth permanently over the next 10 years by almost right. a point, by seven. To, so we're going to talk uh, about a, a lot of things. But yes, well, were you going to check these? Because yesterday was brutal, worst day of the year. Right. Most, a lot of it was Home Depot, which did not recover. It ended up down more than 20 points. I mean, it was a so big... bad news, now bad news. Well, Walmart ended up trading higher. Right. Believe it or not, came all the way back. Here's what I want to know. That's what I, so what happened with Home Depot? You got the Dow down six... You know, they don't like it when the Dow goes up because right. of the wealth effect. So that playing in your, your, your hands, and it was the first time in over a decade that Home Depot is, is projecting you know, this, kind of same, uh, this kind of same store sales right. uh, performance, which is not good. See, there's Walmart, which almost closed up. But so the consumer is being affected at this point. There's no doubt. The market was affected. So was yesterday a good day for the Fed in terms of what? The, that's the good news, bad news, bad in news. In terms bad of what news, they're trying news, to accomplish, can they can they feel a little bit better? Can they say, well, maybe we don't need 50 because we're starting to see some uh, some? Do you see this other thing about rents default? Uh, defaults escalate. The best for story. The landlord. best story in that newspaper is the golf course one. No, no, is the George Santos chatbot story. Oh. <laughs> go go read that. Yeah. 
and enjoy yourself. Hell of a sharpshooter. You see how he took down that balloon? I mean, one shot. Unbelievable. He's amazing. He is amazing. Um, should we do the markets again? We sort of just yeah, did the markets. We kind of so, did. Well, we know. can look at them today because it's, it, there is green, but after what happened yesterday, right. it's... As Joe was mentioning, it was the worst day of the year for the major indices. The Dow falling by 697 points or 2%. The S&P 500 also falling by 2%. The Nasdaq falling by 2.5%. And then take a look at Treasury yields Almost uh, right now. Very close. Uh, as we four. all try to figure that next piece this out, the 10-year sitting at 3.951. The two-year at 4.689. That's rounded up to four. Go get I mean, yourself some kind four. of, you know, tax-free muni. I looked at my person. Your tried, person. Tried to, to get me to do that. And I think the... He gave me like a taxable equivalent yield of like four point, I don't know, maybe five point one percent or something. That the five the five percent is taxable though. No, after tax. Yes. After tax, that's 5%. what you would end up with. Yeah, something like. Oh, that. let me tell me that, about that product. What product is that? That's, that's a, a decent muni product. Bond. It's, if you can get a muni bond, that's a good if you get a muni right bond, it's at three and a half percent. Right. You pay no taxes on it. The, the pre, but I want the muni. No, I've, no, I want the tax-free muni bond that is paying five percent. No, that's what I said. It's not. It's, it's right. an equivalent. Right, so yeah. it's really paying 3.5%. Paying 35 tax-free, triple yeah. tax-free. So if you do the math, it, it equates to that. But I want, like you want, I, I, I do a 6% tax-free. Oh, sure. For 30 years. I mean, you can just... Then you would never look at the Dow and S&P for the next 30 years and be very happy. Equivalent of about 10 or 11%. You, you know... You one, know that you've got to get back to like the 1980s. I've told you this to a million times. Yeah, What's that? Triple tax-free muni bonds when I started at Merrill Lynch. 13%. Triple tax free, thirteen percent. I told you what people wanted. You would have wanted that. They said, "No, give me floating rate." So the floating rate just floated right down when it happened. So. And then some other news this morning: Twitter now planning to limit a method of two-factor authentication to paid subscribers. The company said that starting March twentieth, only Twitter Blue subscribers will be able to use the secure login method that requires users to supplement passwords with a code sent via text message. The policy shift expects to save Twitter money because it pays to send those SMS messages. Non-paying Twitter users can still use two-factor authentication, but they'll have to use an authenticator app instead of the text code. CEO Elon Musk has previously raised concerns about fraudulent accounts flooding Twitter's uh, systems with, authentic with authentication messages. He's accused phone companies of scamming Twitter out of $60 million per year in fake authentication text. So it's going to get a little harder uh, to keep your account safe, Joe, but I'm, I will help you during the commercial break get the authentication app so that you can stay, unless you'd like to pay $8.99 for your, your blue check mark. You're like talking over my head like, oh, one, of those, no. like one of those commercials. So where do I got to get the app from? Uh, where do I get the app? I got to download it's going to be, you're going to download it off of Twitter. I got to see how they're sending it up. I don't know. It is interesting that they're, they're trying to save money. That's what they're effectively doing. At the same time, they're trying to create an incentive for you to use uh, their paid service to pay for the, to, to the, the two-factor authentication. But you can still have two-factor. Still, it's still available, just in a different way. I mean, I joined TA, Twitterholics Anonymous. What is that? It's, it's, I, I need a program to keep me from... From Twitter. From responding. Oh, I need a program. You you do it well. You you somehow I go on the wagon. Yeah, and, and then, then you I, I to slip. Yes, I, yeah, you, I slip. You, I don't know why you do that. I don't know why. Discipline. 
discipline. Because they think, I, I think they, they take a lot of liberties to think that they can, to, to a complete stranger, say some of the stuff. And I, I just want to say, look, you are not allowed to do that. I'm not going to just turn the other cheek. But I'm going to turn the other cheek. Turn the other cheek. I am. Turn the other cheek. I am, but I, better. I need meetings. I need meetings and 12 steps. I got to make amends to a hell of a lot of people. What you should do then is recommend that could be a side business for Elon Musk. Twitter Hulk. TA. Right, he could right. have the service, and um, then he could also ha offer another should I, service. Should I say I'm Joe K, like one of the media, or, or I'm Squawk Joe? I don't know, Joe Squawk. I, just send him, a, we were, well, send when him we were, a tweet. When we return, He's looking for new business models. I'm not sending any There's a lot out. of money to be made there. Starbucks' CEO Howard Schultz speaking to Jim Cramer yesterday on Mad Money. Here's what he had to say about inflation. I'm not worried about inflation going forward, and I might be the only CEO in America that feels like we're going to have a soft landing, and not worried about the historic, you know, what people are saying about recession. Our business is quite strong. You saw we had 10% comps last quarter in the U.S., double-digit comps around the world. We have had inflation. We've raised prices about 5% or so. We don't anticipate any more raises. In meantime, Starbucks now planning to launch a new line of oil-infused drinks, olive oil-infused drinks to be specific, uh, set to debut in Italy this week. And in the U.S. this spring. It's called, uh, and I don't know if I'm going to pronounce Oliato. this properly. Oliato. It's a beverage that will include an oak milk, oak milk latte imbued with extra virgin olive oil and a cold brew drink topped with golden foam, which will be infused with olive oil as well. Howard Schultz saying this will be the most significant transformative thing we've done in decades. And there have been now a number of people who have drank it. I don't know if you've seen some of the different reviews. Some people love it. Do you remember something called bullet coffee? This was something that people were taking a coffee and then they were putting um, a little bit of butter in it and something else on top. So some people think that it tastes fabulous. And some people said you could very much taste it. And I think there's three or four different versions of the drink. Some people said you could taste it. Others said you couldn't taste it at all. Um, others said it sort of added um, like a, 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 sure the texture. A, 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 a different texture to the whole thing. It does add, by the way, what I'm asking. 120 calories oh, yeah, no, no, to the coffee. No, no, no. But it's good fat. And some people, some people like, and apparently what happened with, with Howard was he was in Sicily. <laughs> it's good fat like jumbo shrimp. He was in Sicily and he um, got onto the habit of having a spoonful, I believe, of olive oil a day. There are people who do that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, decide to try to figure out a way to merge the two in the form of coffee. I don't. I don't just, on uh, face value, it I doesn't seem like something I'd add to coffee. Uh, you know, in fact, I would rather we use Pam, if possible. You know, instead, don't you, instead of olive oil, because right. of the calories. Right. It's definitely fattening. It's delicious. It's expensive and virgin. It comes from, you know, wasn't uh, uh, the, the, the godfather was mm. involved with, with uh, yeah. Genco? Yep. Olive oil. So, I, I mean, we use it a lot. I, I just never thought about putting it in my coffee. Okay, so the question is, five years from now, we're going to be talking about well, everybody one, drinking coffee with olive oil? I don't drink, I, I would drink regular Coca-Cola, but I don't, because I, I don't need that 150 calories. Right. Because I, uh, I run on a treadmill for 25 minutes, and it's like I, I burn off 180 calories. So there's no way I'm We may not be the target market, because the people who are, you know who the target market is? No. The people who are buying, you know, 500 calorie frappuccinos from them every single oh, day. Oh, so this would be less. I don't know if it's less, but it, I think once you're at 500 on the frappuccino. But olive oil, but, uh, uh, ice cream I can understand. I don't, there's some people who think this is like transformative to the coffee fat, business. So you tell me this is a kind of fat that doesn't, it's the cholesterol, it's not trans fat. 
but it's still calories. That it's, it's, and the calories in, calories out situation? Maybe. No, I don't, no, no, I'm not. You're not in this the is not going to work for me. And it's not transformative. And I think Howard's barking up the wrong neck of the woods in this case. But we'll see. Amazon's new return to office mandate generating some backlash from employees last week. Company CEO Andy Jassy telling workers to be back in the office at least three days per week starting May 1st. Only three days a week, even in May 1st, and this is causing a backlash, Joe. A group of tech workers created a Slack channel and then drafted a petition pushing back on the mandate. The group has amassed 16,000 members and about 5,000 employees had signed that petition as of last night. Now, staffers posted in the Slack channel saying they were caught off guard by Jassy's announcement and were frustrated they'd have to find childcare, caregivers for aging parents, or potentially move to be within commuting distance of the office, which assumes that maybe they had moved away from the office. I don't know. It was a long pandemic. I guess I'm realizing that, that people really did develop new habits. If they had no child care right. or elder care. I mean, prior well, to... So this is the thing that I think we, we all don't appreciate, which is, I think during the pandemic, uh, a lot of people started working from home. And it's, by the way, they're saving money. They're act, in a way, they're being paid more money. That's the way you almost have to think about it. Right. I right. saw someone say that, that I don't pay for gas anymore. Right. I, I don't raise. pay for gas. But think about it. You come to New York City every day. You know, if you're going to have lunch, you can't get away with buying a sandwich in this town for less than 15 bucks. Right. Right. You can't, you know, can't, then there's the gas, then there's the subway, then the train, da, 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 all of it adds up. It does. I hate to do that, what? but you, you got to go to work. People work. I don't disagree, but I'm just saying that they realize that they could You get, can't, I don't Well, know. no, but here's, here's the measure. The question, is, I'm not saying one way or the other. I'm just saying. No, I know you're. In the end, if you're the employer or the employee, you have to think how much productivity you're getting more right, from having them in the office. I, Versus, I think how much is the sandwich, gas, subway, taxi, home, all that cost? People at home work for like a half hour and then they go F off for another half hour and do whatever, you know, well, I want to do this. Or Speak for yourself. I mean, uh, we're here. So and, we're here. and there's a lot of people that don't have the luxury of that choice. The, right. the, the backbone of the country that are, you know, have they to can't do, do that. Right. No. You know, you want the bridges fixed? Do you want, right. you know, do you want construction? Do you want anything? You want the country moving forward at all? Or you want a bunch of people sitting at home? Cheese will be next. Coming up on Squawk Pod, Mike Pence on the Squawk set. The former vice president is eyeing the cost of entitlements, something House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has said that Republicans won't cut. We all know where the real issue is in terms of long-term debt for the United States, and that is that, well, I I respect uh, the Speaker's commitment to take Social Security and Medicare off the table uh, for the debt ceiling negotiations. We've got to put them on the table in the long term. What kind of fun is waiting for you at Kings Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. Kings Island is now open weekends. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM. 
a leading global asset manager. This is Squawk Pod. Roll Pro A, up track, stand by Joe in five seconds. Four, three, two, one. His mic, here. Good morning and welcome back to Squawk Box here on CNBC Live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Joe Kernan along with Andrew Ross Sorkin, Mike Pence, former vice president uh, of the United States. And uh, you think about the what would be fair game to talk about, and it's, it's like this. But this is Squawk Box, so we're like this. We got 20 minutes. We're not going to finish what I want to talk about, but most of it, we're going to stay in our lane in terms of money, spending, inflation, recessions. Does that sound good? That, uh, that's why we love Squawk Box. Good to see you, Joe. Nice good to, to see you. you. Yes. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for coming. And no blazer. He's, he's playing along with us. Because we're going to solve. <laughs> you can roll, roll up the sleeves. Some pro- we're going to work. Thing. It's That'll a working nice. breakfast. It's a working uh, Squawk breakfast. The debt ceiling front and center. Um, both sides yeah. seem to be uh, entrenched. I understand both sides. I, I think during the Trump administration, uh, Democrats voted for clean raises from time to time. They say, why not do that now? That's what the president wants. But I can see where Speaker McCarthy says, when do we get a chance to really, uh, you know, focus on these right. huge debt issues that we have? Now is the time to do it or, or we'll get another omnibus bill in, in December that we can't control. Who's right and how does it get reconciled? Well, I mean, the Constitution requires that uh, we maintain the full faith and credit of the United States. And uh, the Congress is going to figure that out. But I commend uh, Speaker McCarthy for saying that we, we ought to make a down payment uh, on, on fiscal discipline uh, that uh, in, in a very real sense. Look, the issue is spending. As I travel all across this country, families are hurting. Inflation ignited to a 40-year high after the Democrat Congress two years ago spent $1.9 trillion in unnecessary COVID spending, another another trillion nearly at the end of that Democrat majority. So I'm glad to see the Republican majority saying we need to use this debt ceiling to start uh, us back in the direction of fiscal discipline. But look, we all know where the real issue is in terms of long-term debt for the United States. And that is that while I I respect uh, the speaker's commitment to take Social Security and Medicare off the table uh, for the debt ceiling negotiations, we've got to put them on the table in the long term. And right now, uh, President Biden's policy is insolvency. I mean, we're, we're looking at a debt crisis in this country over the next 25 years that is driven in by entitlements right. and nobody in Washington, D.C. wants to talk about it. I've been going around the country. I'm going to continue to try and do my part Are to you be talking straight about with entitlements? the American people. What would you do about entitlements? Well, I, I think first and foremost, you have to explain to people what's going on. we got a $32 trillion national debt right now, Andrew. Um, uh, having a national debt the same size as our nation's economy right. is unsustainable. Last time that happened was right after. Oh, World I don't II. disagree with you. I'm just curious right. what's on the ta- for you on entitlements. What's on the table? Well, I, I think it begins with education. It begins with having the American people understand that it doesn't stop at 32 trillion. I mean, when you look at the deficits that are projected over the next 30 years in Social Security right. and Medicare and other areas, it's about another $120 trillion. I mean, literally, I just had two granddaughters born right. two weeks ago in two days. Our family's incredibly blessed. 
Um, looking down at those little girls, I think of their 30th year. We could have $150 trillion in debt in this country. And if we wait to deal with it, but you've never seen it. Would you mean Social Security? Would you? I mean, the, the, I think that when you get down yeah. to the, the brass tacks, that's the complicated part. Eventually, that's what I said. Gonna, what is on the table? To, in terms you're going to have do. to do something eventually. But it, Jim Bullard the, yeah. just called it the third rail. How long has it been the third rail of American politics? It's always been the third rail. You have never seen two parties run for it more quickly than we just saw again. All President Biden has to say is they're going to do something with Social Security and Medicare. And then all of a sudden the Republicans get scared. Oh, no, 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 we never would. So that's not helping anyone. And we're never going to address it. Well, that's, 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 that's there's right. an election every two years. What, what, what you need is presidential leadership. Um, and, and the fact is that, that uh, President Biden is abdicating his opportunity to provide real leadership and say, first, Andrew, and I'm not, I'm not dodging at all, there's yeah. lots of good ideas to solve this that are common sense, that don't right. impact people at the point of the need, that don't affect anybody that's going right. to retire in the next 25 years. I mean, you can phase in, just like, just like Ronald right. Reagan and Tip O'Neill did 50 right. years ago, they raised the retirement age to 67. They, they made right. Social Security uh, solvent until 2009. Can be there done. are things right. that you could do in personal savings accounts in the long term, allowing younger Americans to get a higher rate of return, right. which you all talk about the great American economy every day. Right. But these are all ideas. The first job is to be straight. The second job is the natural get everybody at the I table. think, for, 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 for either a critic or, or just anybody sort of playing devil's advocate would say, you know, during the time that you were in office and, and President Trump was in office with you, this was not something that was either accomplished or even attempted. Why? Yeah. Well, when we came into office, we'd just gone through the slowest economic recovery since the Great Depression. Our first objective was to get the economy moving again and cutting taxes, rolling back regulation, unleashing American energy. It all worked. We negotiated the largest trade deal in American history uh, in the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. So. Uh, we got the economy moving again. Then history showed up. History showed up in the form of COVID. And, uh, uh, but I, I want to stipulate to you, Andrew, I don't think we did nearly enough on fiscal well, let me, discipline. Let me say I think this. the next president of the United States has got to square with the American people. And we've got to take decisive and visionary steps to put I think our you did eight, I think we did $8 trillion in, in deficits in four years with Trump. And then we did another $8 trillion in, in two years now. Yeah. But, so there's enough blame to go around. This is in the journal, uh, Wall Street Journal. Well, but remember uh, look, that, can I show you? Five, five trillion of that was COVID. I, I and I think it's one, I of, the reasons for why, both, for one both, of the reasons why you have to for balance both budgets ultimately right. is because, as I just said before, history shows up. Right. You've got to have the financial foundation respond to, to this. Respond. respond to this, Mr. Vice President. This is uh, how the U.S. can prevent a debt spiral. And I, this, this struck me because it, it did sort of sum up that it, this, is, this is a bipartisan uh, problem that we have here. The U.S. is... Uh, is in this sorry state for three main reasons. Democrats spend money when they don't raise taxes. Republicans cut taxes when they don't cut spending, which you, you guys didn't. You, you cut taxes and you, you spent like, like drunken sales, just like, like Democrats almost, correct? Well, look, I, we didn't cut spending at a significant level, but revenue still went up, Joe. Okay. Revenues and, went and up. Then the, and then the, the next point, cuts, the right? aging population yeah. exerts steady upward pressure on Social Security and Medicare. There's no way to, to get around these things, yeah. but neither party seems to have, it, they're both feckless, it seems like, in, in addressing these things for the, for the American people. Well, I, I, I think, look, um, use whatever terms you want to use. I mean, what we have is... 
an establishment in Washington, D.C. that is walking away from this problem, but they're whistling past the graveyard. Right. And, and we're going we're gonna to drop the, and I want to put that number out to your viewers right. again, because I don't think it's widely known. I mean, if we just stay on the trajectory we're on based on CBO, right. based on reasonable projections of revenues, spending, and deficits, we could have $150 trillion national debt in 30 years. And at that point, every choice is right. bad. Every choice that that policy oh, I don't makes disagree with you. GDP, the question is, how do you do? You can't grow. Yeah. In everything. 30 years, you've got to either double payroll right. taxes, introduce money some kind of European else. taxation system, or cut benefits to people that really need them. Now right. we could bring about common sense reforms that would never impact anybody at the point right. of the need, and it would phase in the kind of changes. That Frank, can I just say to you, you know who had the best idea about Social Security reform? No, who? Franklin Delano Roosevelt. You go back right. in the, in the, at the time that FDR signed Social Security into law, and you may not even know this, he said this will begin as a public program. He said then it will eventually become a public and private program, but eventually a good way to a private annuity. He actually said that Social Security would eventually give way to a private annuity, to personal right. savings accounts, that we'd facilitate that for America. We've never done it. It's remained a public program funded by payroll taxes. And the fact that we didn't introduce this idea back when, when President Bush introduced it in 2005, I think was a profound missed opportunity because back then we had money in the trust fund right. in ways that we don't now. But we, we, it's still, it's an idea, I believe, whose time will come. Uh, and but Andrew, I'm telling you, if we sit people down at the table, uh, people of goodwill, you're straight with the American right. people. We can figure this thing out. I'm going to go to one of your favorite. What's that? I know where you're so going. There's three letters. It does. <laughs> three letters is it where he's going. It does have three letters. You wrote, you weighed in on on ESG and, and some of the. Yeah, uh, the, the, you know, we, you try to, the, the best laid plans. Uh, we know where, where good intentions lead, and they're, they're leading us there. In your view in terms of ESG? Well, we, uh, it, it was a year ago spring. I, I weighed in in the Wall Street Journal on this issue. We, we picked up that, uh, that you know, while, uh, while, while you saw the battle with certain famous companies, particularly in Florida, advancing right. a political correctness, uh, that actually this, through this environmental and social governance, investing by the big firms here in Washington, we're going to wake up and, and literally uh, the, these leftward policies would be being advanced in every corporate boardroom in America. So we called them out. We called on states around the country uh, to take steps to, uh, to, to protect their public pension funds. Many states have done that. But uh, this, this is an incredibly important fight. It's one we're going to the airwaves uh, in Arizona and, uh, and, and Montana with our policy group to take this case. What do you think of what, what DeSantis did, though, with Disney? In Florida, because there's sort of two ways to look at it. Yeah. One is to say Disney spoke out uh, on a political or social issue, um, but then there clearly was retribution politically ag against them. I think it's it's uh, empirical what happened. Uh, he said as much when, when when he did it, and so people talk about cancel culture. Some people say, well, you know, they're canceling on one side. Right. The other said, well, look. DeSantis used his political power to cancel them. Well, I, I would say to you two things. Number one is I fully supported uh, Florida's initiative to protect kids and protect parental rights. I was just in Iowa last week where literally there's a school, the Linmar Community School, uh, will allow a student right. to get a gender transition plan without parental notification 
or approval. Right. So we I fully support what Florida did about protecting kids under the third grade. But I, I, I have concerns right. about I mean, the follow-on. Look, Disney stepped into right. the fray. They lost. Uh, but then they, but they the became idea a ta- of going after attack, their taxing authority, became, right. I, you know, I... That was that was beyond the scope of what I, as a conservative, limited government Republican, would be prepared to do. Interesting. Do you, at this point, think where do you place the blame for for uh, oil prices being as high as they are? ESG had something to do with that, I think. But but sure. a couple of years ago, fracking companies stopped fracking because it wasn't economically feasible. The the oil uh, the majors can't get workers right now because of supply chain issues. There's a lot of of things going on, but. I guess the Biden administration and forces from ESG kind of, would you say, emboldened Putin to be able to hold Europe hostage? And, and, and that probably had something to do with, with him feeling, uh, feeling like he could get away with this. Boy, Joe, there's a lot in that question. I just, uh, <laughs> I would tell you first and foremost, the Biden administration, if you remember about a year ago, was blaming high gasoline prices at the pump on the war in Ukraine. But gasoline prices had gone up 50 percent before the first shot was fired. Right. Gasoline prices went up because of the Biden administration's war on energy. I was I was in New Mexico campaigning with a candidate for governor uh, last year. Um, And they told me that literally in those two years, two wells had been approved as the Biden administration has been slow walking the permitting process, We're, literally they, they disagree with that. Lands. They, they push back on that and Should, say that. I, I know they do, but I'm just talking about the reality on the ground. Okay. The American people know it. They feel it. Uh, it and, and, and so I, I don't think there's any question about that. But also this ESG business of, of saying that, that funds are going to flow you know, away from traditional fossil right. fuels, the investment in fossil fuels, what we saw happen in Exxon with the election of a board member. Look, I, you know, and I, you guys are the corporate experts, but I, I think corporations have a fiduciary duty to maximize profits under the law. Uh, and anytime some other agenda right. comes into that, uh, working Americans lose, and, and ESG has impacted well, how, how gasoline about, prices in as the, well. In the Inflation Reduction Act, obviously, there's a huge subsidy for clean tech, mm-hmm. which you're seeing a lot of yeah. automobile makers uh, take advantage of. You're seeing them build, hoping to build out some kind of electric uh, infrastructure. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? By the way, some of the numbers suggest that it's going to be uh, so successful in certain ways that it's actually going to cost the government uh, you know, three or four times what was initially uh, projected. Well, I, I look the number one, that second bill, n- another nearly trillion dollars in spending is only putting gasoline on the fire uh, of, of inflation and the struggling economy. It didn't have to happen. I, I have to it, back up for one right. second. The one point nine trillion that Congress passed on a party line vote was deeply uh, disappointing to me because one of the things I was proud of uh, during that pandemic was that everything we did in Congress was bipartisan. Everything. Right. I mean, the help to families, help to businesses, rescue plan, e- everything that we did. And then the Democrats come into the majority, new administration comes in. First thing they do is a party line vote for $1.9 trillion. This second bill was just right. more of the same, but advancing a climate agenda. What I worry about in that bill, frankly, is massive subsidies for electric cars. I mean, 80% of the battery market in the world today is China. Right. I mean, it, it, in a very real sense, as as we continue through incentives and and uh, and and frankly through mandates that you're seeing in places like California, uh, is, is we it's 
It's the China Full Employment Act. Right. Uh, and uh, and uh, I, I'm all for diversification of energy. I'm an all of the above energy guy. Electric vehicles, great. Love to see domestic companies. Mm -hmm. But let's have a battery. Let's have battery manufacturing here. Let's do innovation here, uh, and uh, and not further subsidize Andrew, the largest and most authoritarian nation in the world. Are you okay if we take an exit ramp off our lane into 2024? And we, we should talk Can about it. Can we do that? Uh, let's number one. What happened in 2022? I mean, it, given the, the right way, right track, wrong track. People thought that the Republicans could win 70 seats. Something, they, something, a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Something happened in 2022. Is it going to happen again in 2024? And what do you attribute it to? Why the Republicans didn't do better, given maybe some of the backdrop that uh, that, that that most people saw in the country. Well, look, uh, people, I was one of those people hoping for a red wave. What happened? Uh, well, I, in, in pockets, a red wave came. Joke. Okay. Really, there were. I mean, you I mean, know where I'm. You know where I'm going. No, that I know. Some exactly people where you're say. Going. I'm going to concede your point. Former President Trump uh, we, it, it, we, we lost saw. a couple of elections. Do you want him as the as the nominee in the Republican Party? Well, let me get to that in one second. Or okay. do you want yourself? Let me. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. Okay. But uh, look, I, look. I think when you look at the 22 election cycle, it's it's an affirmation that elections are about the future. I mean, our candidates. In, it, it, who were focused on the issues affecting Americans today and solutions for the future did very well. Governors. They really yeah. did. Governors around the country. You think Kemp, Texas, you think Florida, you think, yeah. you think Georgia, Governor Brian Kemp. Yep. But our candidates that were focused on the past, particularly on right. relitigating the last election, did not do well, including in areas that we should have done very well. Did you say we need someone else in 2024? You're on record saying that. I've right? said we, I think we're going to have better choices. I really Donald, do. Than uh, former President Trump. I, I think we're going to have okay, better so throw choices. Out some, so by the way, Vivek Ramaswamy, Vivek. you see this? You probably followed him a little bit. But we got he's, 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 he's a friend Haley, of yours. But I, uh, what do you think? Me too, but okay, Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, uh, I mean, Brian Kemp, who knows? Obviously, the elephant in the room, Governor DeSantis. But you get enough of them, then perhaps the former vice, or the, sorry, the former president can do what happened in, in 2016 and, and win with 30 percent, 35 percent, because there's so many candidates. Yeah, but you're leaving somebody out of the equation there. Mike Pence. I already said no, you. No, not just Mike Pence. <laughs> <laughs> who, who else? The American people. Yes. Look, I, I don't think anybody could have defeated Hillary Clinton other than Donald Trump in 2016. And, and I, I didn't realize that in the beginning. I endorsed Ted Cruz in the Indiana primary. I, right. you know, I, uh, but but the Republican voters were right, what we needed in that fight. And uh, I, I just trust Republican voters. As I've traveled around the country, I hear a great deal of appreciation for what the Trump-Pence administration accomplished, the record that we generated. But I honestly hear people talking to me very regularly about wanting to get back to the policies but wanting to return right. to the kind of politics that makes it possible for us to take on some of these long-term right. intractable problems. And that means more civility. I think it means more So what do you think of people like, like Marjorie together. Taylor Greene then, as members of this party, or, 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 or Santos, or people like that? Or, or Ilhan Omar, or no, no, a, or a, or a, a <laughs> I get to ask the question today. <laughs> well, and I, and I do too. But, it's right. a free country. Yeah. And you say, but oh, but but they're 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 part of your party. Do you say this is a, a good thing for the party, a bad thing for the party? I think I think freedom of speech. Um, uh, 
a, a rousing debate in the Congress is all good. You can have people on every end of the spectrum, uh, every level of, of credibility. And, and, but at the end of the day, what we need in this country is leadership, okay? And under, under our Constitution, under our form of government, ultimately, I mean, Alexander Hamilton said, right. our Constitution contemplates an energetic executive. I know what that looks like. Right. I served next to one but for four years. But isn't the complicated part about we, leadership? We need an energetic executive. China is, China is coming economically and is the greatest strategic challenge the United States of America faces. We've got to step up to that in a very real way, and, and, uh, and, and that's, how we, that's how we ensure our prosperity and peace in the future. This national debt issue, Andrew, we talked yeah. about it. We've got to have leadership, these cultural issues, parental rights, respect for life. These are all things the American people need leadership on, and uh, it's what we think about as a family, about what role we could play. Based on my experience in the Congress, my experience as a governor and as vice president. Vice President, thank you. We'll, we'll end back in our lane, um, talking about uh, the debt again, and uh, that'll make probably people in the corner offices happy. We're ending where we started. Very good. Thank you, Mr. <laughs> vice President. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you so thank much you. for the conversation. Earning your degree online doesn't mean you have to go about it alone. At Capella University, we're here to support you when you're ready. From enrollment counselors who get to know you and your goals, to academic coaches who can help you form a plan to stay on track. We care about your success and are dedicated to helping you pursue your goals. Going back to school is a big step, but having support at every step of your academic journey can make a big difference. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. And that is Squawk Pod for today. Thank you for listening. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Tune in weekday mornings on CNBC at 6 Eastern. To get the very best of our TV show right into your ears, follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. And tell us what you think. Reach out on Twitter. Our handle is at SquawkCNBC. You can also follow Andrew R. Sorkin or at Joe Squawk. I joined TA, Twitterholics Anonymous. I need a program to keep me from... From Twitter. From responding. Oh. Have a great Wednesday. We'll meet you right back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. Ask Sherwin-Williams and get 30% off Duration and Superdeck products May 17th through the 20th. That means 30% off our most popular color family, blue. Psychologists have found it to be soothing and relaxing, which makes it especially great for bedrooms and bathrooms. And of course, get 30% off all of our other colors. Shop the sale online or visit your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams store. Click the banner to learn more. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details.